At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. Comeback Stories is a production of Inflection Network and iHeartRadio. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Comeback Stories. Uh, honored to be here with you today. I'm Darren Waller, joined by my co-host, my brother and friend, Donnie Starkins. Donnie, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. I'm excited for this one. Oh, yeah, no doubt. we got a, a friend of the show coming back around for round two. Uh, someone who, uh, in preparation for this, I went back through all the screenshots I have in my phone from the content that he's posted to social media via books, via you know speaking, via video, and things that have really inspired me again today. Like that inspired me for the first time is he's a an author, a podcaster, public speaker, course creator, uh, most importantly a father, uh, helping people to grow in self-awareness and healing and loving themselves properly. Uh, we've got our friend, uh, Sylvester McNutt, the third joining us today, bro. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for the invitation to come back. Yes, sir. So it's an honor to have you here. And I'm one thing that caught me, I was looking through the, like the, just the titles of your books and you have loving yourself properly, care package, free your energy, lust for life. This is what real love looks like. Dear soul. Success is a choice. I'm looking at these and I'm like, in order for you to arrive at what love is and what care is, do you have to first learn what those things are not first? Oh, that's a good question. That is uh, that question makes me just think about this term uh, that I use often called duality. You know, duality is really just embracing the polar experiences of of life. You know, it's like literally like learning what to do in a loss and learning what to do in a win, you know, or it's like learning like, wow, I'm extremely angry right now. Like I'm ready to punch this hole in the wall. And then you do it, especially when you're younger, you punch that hole in the wall, you break something and then you have to deal with the duality of like those consequences. And then later in life, you're met with that choice of like, okay, well, I'm angry. I want to punch this hole in the wall again. But then because you've had that previous experience, now you have the duality of to know like, wow, there's this path and there's that path and you know then you can get some more like discernment so i feel like it's got to be both it's ha- it has to be both mm. for for those that are listening that don't know much about your story are there any examples that you go to first as far as the duality in your own life yeah i mean i think it just points to you know, when you when you get older, you start saying things like, man, back in my day or when I was a young <laughs> kid or they don't make it like this anymore. Like, for example, there's a very popular musician who who just put out like some new music. This is a musician. I was I won't say the name, but this is a musician I listened to a lot when I was in college. Um, but, you know, that was like 15 years ago. And now that musicians like music doesn't resonate with me at all. And like I'm on my walk the other day and I'm trying to listen to this album. I'm trying to get into it, but I was forcing it. I just I just had outgrown 
this artist and this music and and so I, I was really like perplexed as I was walking home like just recognizing the duality of like a younger me was completely embracing this this music this vibration uh you know this experience but this me authentically i couldn't get into it and i even tried like i even tried to prep my, myself like all right come on we're gonna listen to this and it just didn't it just didn't vibrate with me and it was cool to have that it was like a, a conflict at first but then i was like just really grateful because it's it's really growth and just maturity mm. I have a, I have a really similar story actually. Uh, there is a, an artist that a lot of people would know of that um, he had a song towards the near of, of my rock bottom, and he was talking about uh, using my drug of choice. And this artist was, you know, tremendous influence on me. I mean, I love the beats, I love the melodies, and all those things. And now it's like, unless they're playing them in the locker room or in the weight room or I, I'm somewhere and the song comes on like it's not something that I can willingly choose to put on because there's elements of me, I guess, that are I wouldn't say no longer here or no longer alive, but parts of me that I no longer want to to surface that I no longer want to have the stage anymore. So I can I can I can very much relate to <laughs> to that experience. Yeah, I love that um, you brought that up, Darren. It's funny that you brought up his books initially because with him being on the podcast once before, I, I do want to get in. I think for the people that maybe weren't blessed to hear his episode one and hear his whole story to set some con on, some context as to why he'd even be on our show. And especially, I mean, I'm confident after this episode, you'll understand why he's been on two times but I think just looking through the books, I have so much respect for you as a writer and the consistency with 10 books and looking through some of the names of these books. I mean, anybody that has the words love yourself in a book title, like you're my people, you know, and I think it's, it's such an important message with which our listeners have probably heard me talk about a ton, but I'm curious with each book, maybe we can talk about a couple of them starting with loving yourself properly. And maybe you can even talk about the duality of like who you were before writing the book and then what it means to truly love yourself properly today. Yeah. I think any journey of any massive creative project uh, is going to change the person that is creating it. And so specifically with loving yourself properly, when I wrote that book, I was in a great place. Uh, I had a great, great training regimen. I would, my sleep was dialed in. Uh, my nutrition was great. My hydration was great. My my relationships were great. Everything was going really, really good. For context, I wrote it from 2018 to about 2019. So right before, uh, right before COVID came and changed the entire world. And at the time, I I wanted to be become a dad. Like I wanted to become a father. And one of the things that I told myself and and um, my partner was like, hey, we need to create the best vessel possible for our kid. And that's like it's three vessels. It's the vessel of me. It's the vessel of her. And it's the vessel of who we are and what we are together. And she bought in and she was on board. And so she was she was doing her yoga and going to the gym and lifting and, you know, taking her vitamins and, you know, hanging around women who are good influences on her. And, we're spending quality time together. And so we really created this like just beautiful landscape that existed within inside of each each other, um, you know, individually and collectively. And I can truly say that, you know, like writing that book, it was it was interesting because it was like when you're writing about, you know, self love on the internet is very shallow. And I think that's because the conversation is is a is a nuanced conversation that you know requires some some color and it, it recolors it requires some like imagination you know so things you'll say on the internet maybe just be like oh love yourself take care of yourself more or less those simple reminders but when you're writing a book you want to go a little bit deeper well a lot of bit deeper and like you really want to get into the things and so i feel like when it comes to loving yourself properly and really taking care of yourself there's there's a few ways to approach it. I think you can approach it from a mindset place. That's where I like to go to to first. 
you know because the mind to me is the is the navigation is the is the conductor you know he's the person the mind is the person that's that's guiding the actions that you take you know and then your actions are going to create uh, certain emotions certain reactions certain perspectives but it all, to me it all starts in the mind so like at that time period for me my mindset was i need to be the healthiest i can be in all pillars of my life now it wasn't a like pursuit of perfection it was just a pursuit of making sure that i'm investing in each pillar and 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 uh knowing that that those investments will give me a life full of love now i have the I guess I have the ability to look back in time now, uh, about five or six years ago when I started writing that, and to see that it worked. You know, because now when I look at my son, he's full of he's full of joy. He can express himself. He he, he has hella boundaries. <laughs> he doesn't let people mess with him. You know, like in any type of negative way. And you know, he loves life. He's like just enjoys his life. And that honestly, it like it inspires me just to get those reminders. Like man, just have fun, enjoy life. Because before I was such a serious person because I had so many things to do. And I feel like there's this like just beautiful journey that started with self-love and taking care of myself that I feel like is affecting me, but for, with a different consequence because I'm seeing it coming from my son. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. What would you say is the biggest thing that you see? I have my own inspiration around that theme of loving yourself, but what do you see as the common theme in humanity or in in other people as to why they they don't love themselves properly uh it's the emotion of shame it's definitely the the emotion of shame which i believe can come from a a lot of different roots oftentimes it comes from the family system first and foremost and then i would say that it can be reinforced through the mass media through marketing through commercials uh through these through these campaigns that we don't even recognize or know that we're consciously being targeted in, you know, things that are telling us that we're inadequate or we're not good enough or we don't look like this person or we don't have enough money or it, it just creates. And again, it's playing on the emotion of shame and the consequence of shame is you feel smaller, you feel inadequate, you feel defective, you feel unworthy. I remember when I first, you know, in high school, I was one of those guys. Well, not just in high school, my whole life, I've always been the guy in my mind i'm like you know i'll go after the pretty girl the girl that i think is pretty and like i remember this is such a this is such a like a basic juvenile thing when you bring it up like oh go after the pretty girl but a lot of guys won't do that and a, a lot of guys won't do it because they're ashamed they they have a, a shameful uh image of themselves it's like oh no she wouldn't pay attention to me or she wouldn't acknowledge me or what happens if i get rejected it's all the emotion of just being small you know and so i remember going up to back in that day before people did you know online dating when you actually had to like approach girls like i remember going up to a girl the very first time and like just having that uh, anxiety and like knowing <laughs> like oh man this is this is hard but you know i gotta do it and um yeah yeah so i i, I just think um 
Yeah, let's just let's just go to the next question. I think I answered that one enough. Mm. Yeah, when you when you think we talk of shame, like my mind directly goes to I guess what I would say is the other end is the compassion aspect of things. Something that I've always struggled with. Um, I feel like nowadays I can have like spurts of self compassion and it'd be a practice and it'd be regimented, but it always seems to kind of slip away. Like what do you what do you say are the most common like hurdles to people being able to have compassion for themselves and what does a self-compassion practice i guess look like for yourself yeah i totally can understand why you know someone like you would struggle with that uh just like giving your your profession as well it's like how many not everybody's being watched you know with (laughs) with with their per per per, with their per uh profession and you know like for you you're being graded you know essentially like every literally every step that you take is being graded so i could totally understand could stand that but that's really what it comes from it's like the lack of self-compassion is often a reinforced habit that we learned in our family system where we're being watched or where we're being graded where we're being like micromanaged like for example that kid who get B's and C's, which are passing grades, and then they come home and their parents are like, no, you need A's. This is this is terrible. You know, it's, it's just that reinforcement of not good enough, which creates the shame. Mm. Um, so as far as what we can do, really we need to, and this is not easy to do, it takes time, but we need to unlearn some of the mindsets that we've learned. If we've learned the mindset that everything needs to be graded and everything needs to be judged, We'll never we'll never really be able to come into harmony with our emotions because the baseline of our logic and the baseline of our thinking is everything I do needs to be judged. Everything I do needs to be graded. And or we also need to practice indifference. You know, indifference is the art of I don't want to necessarily say not caring, but uh, being being able to use not caring as a tool. Right. It's not to be disengaged from the things that we care about or the things that we value, but it's to be indifferent and just to not care as much emotionally, especially if you're a person that if the feedback to you is, well, this wasn't good enough or this sucks or this is weak. And then if you just instantly shut down, you instantly get in shame, then you have to learn some indifference and you also have to learn, you know, the word closure. Like I'm a strong believer that if I try my best at something. Like how long am I going to allow myself to beat myself up? You know, very, very simple situation. You're learning how to make pancakes. I mean, when you first do it, it's so hard to to time it right. You flip it, you miss it. Right. But then as you age, you learn, OK, I need the I need medium heat. I got to put the butter in the pan. I'll wait till those bubbles come up and get under there. Make sure it's all good. And then I can flip it perfectly. Right. And we got to understand that, like everything in life is like pancakes. It really, really is. It's a process. you got to learn the science of it. You know, and it starts with within. Great question. I feel like with that question, something that I, w- I want you to talk and elaborate as much as you want to on is is boundaries, because I think they're such an essential part of our our self-care, our self-love game that set proper boundaries. And I know you have an online course and you dive super deep into this, but um, how does that play into effect with everything? Yeah, boundaries, everybody needs them um, to different degrees and different pillars. I mean, the one that's most prevalent right now in my life, uh, I would say is a boundary that, like one of the, the boundary that I'm struggling with is I have a lot of work to do since I'm in the process of finishing my my next book, like literally have like a week or two left to turn it back into my editor. And so I'm catching myself giving more energy, giving more time, um, going, you know, going past my boundaries. And then it's causing me to stay up later at night and then I'm groggy and tired the next day. And there's just like these negative consequences that I'm experiencing. And the thing is, is I'm aware of it. It's not that I'm unaware of it. You know, I'm aware of this uh, problem that I'm creating for myself, but then I'm justifying it because I'm saying, well, I have a big project. due, I have a big deadline due, So it makes sense. Like I'm again, that duality, like I'm justifying why I'm violating my own boundaries. Right. And so I had a talk with myself this weekend. And one of the things uh, in yoga, there's this phrase. Um, it's one of the yamas. It's, it's um, 
Brahmamachari, and it's about is the the right use of your energy. Um, and that term refers to, you know, it can be it could be sexual, it could be food, it could be it could be so many different ways we use our energy. And so I had a talk with myself this weekend and I said, hey, I need to make sure I use my energy the right way. And so for that was my attention for the week. And so what I did, if anyone who has boundaries, I'm, I'm kind of explaining the framework now. So you recognize the problem, like you recognize the consequences of you not having boundaries. Right. Because recognition is step one. And then step two, you have to have some type of new commitment. And so my new commitment came this weekend where I said, OK, this week I'm going to make sure I have the right use of my energy. And so, for example, when you're writing, it's very easy to, you know, be working on your book like and then all of a sudden you're like looking at Halloween decorations or you're like ordering a cup of coffee or you're like just doing something that has nothing to do with what you need to be doing. Uh, and so what I, I determined was I'm going to do three blocks. So today, for example, I had three blocks, like literally three scheduling blocks. And these scheduling blocks represented the boundaries, the energy boundaries, the, the focus boundary for me to write. So literally it would just be 90 minutes. Phone was off. Boom. I'm doing what I need to do. Disengage. Take a 30 minute break. Go for a walk. Drink water. Hydrate. Just do whatever. And so that recommitment to my boundaries as far as today, I'm completely set up and I'm set up. I'm set up to thrive. And then tonight I have one more session. It's going to be 90 minutes. I'm going to give myself to it and then I'll get back to my family and go to sleep on time and c complete that throughout this week. And so my theory is that if I stick to my boundaries, if I integrate these boundaries this week, this work related boundary, not only will I get my work done, but I won't be burnt out. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to have fun with it and I'm going to get to enjoy the rest of my life. You know, so that's like a real world present example of the boundaries framework that I teach that I'm using myself uh, with the work with work. Darren, I got to say, man, I'm loving how you've really made yourself at home in the big city. I'm curious, how are you getting around? You a subway guy, cab, Uber? I'm glad you asked, Donnie, man. I'm, uh, I got the honor to partner with All-American Ford over in New Jersey. Uh, they've been taking really good care of me since I got out here. And that's what I love most about them, man. They treat me like I'm family, not just a customer trying to get a deal or, or just a statistic. Um, you know, they give me great service. You can tell they got a commitment to quality. Um, the innovation is unmatched. And uh, just so if anybody's, you know, like me trying to get around in New Jersey, don't know where to go. I'm telling you, go check out All American Ford here in Jersey. They're going to take real good care of you. When we come back, you'll hear more of this inspiring comeback story. Man, I mean, boundaries are uh, an unfolding thing in, in my life as well, because I will still, like you said, find a way to justify me going over it because I think it goes back to the mindsets that we need to unlearn of, well, my value comes from my performance. My value comes from the grade that I get. My value comes from, you know, these things I do turning into a result that's pleasing as opposed to being pleased with the process and the result before it even happens and, and living with the result as it comes. And, you know, that's, like you said, something that in my profession, like in a way I can't afford to get rid of it, but I, I feel like I'm kind of like always moving back and forth between the two. Like I wake up in the morning and I'm like, you know, I, I, I know who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to be a, I'm not a human doing, I'm a human being, you know, but here I, I step into this realm of where it's like, all right, now I got to perform. I got to, I got to make it dance. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, it always leaves me in this place of like, okay, well, what do my boundaries look like? They always seem so fluid as opposed to being so solid. And I'm like, how do I create more solid boundaries amidst this, you know? Sylvester, I got a question for you regarding boundaries. I think I've gotten so much better at actually articulating them and communicating them. I think the, the power of our words and actually it's, you know, sometimes it's not what we say, it's, it's how we say it, but being able to actually frame these boundaries or these, because I believe you have to know your values, right? Because a boundary gets crossed when a value gets stepped on. So if you don't know your values, you're more likely to allow people to cross that imaginary line in the sand. But when you know who you are and you know how to 
clearly articulate why you're saying no, you're less likely to be getting talked into like shit you just don't want to do. I'm a lot better on that, but where I struggle is the energetic boundary of guilt. So when I set a boundary and then feel guilty about it afterwards, so what would you say to myself or somebody who's asking in regards to that? Okay, so what I'm hearing is there's guilt uh, associated with setting a boundary. Um, and so that guilt emotion that triggers is, is a very healthy emotion. To feel guilt means that you're feeling empathy. You're feeling uh, what another person is feeling. So that's a very healthy emotion. Um, but when, when we feel guilt for setting a boundary, what we're experiencing is an inner violation. And it's an inner violation because the paradigm before was I am going to people please. I am going to overgive. I am going to overdo whatever this thing is. And so when we have this inner conflict where we say, no, not this time, not this time, we're going against we're going against our programming that we were committing to before. We're going against the paradigm that we were used to. And so it feels off. It can feel inauthentic. It feels weird. Like, Darren, you're you're a superstar athlete. You can sign a hundred autographs. Now you're tired. You need to go see your wife. You need to got you got other things to do. That one hundredth and one person is like, hey, can I get can I get one? And you're like, no, I can't. I, I I can't. Like, I gotta go. And then you feel that guilt. That's where it's coming from. It's coming from like this programming. And so, like in that situation or any situation, what we what we have to recognize is a lot of the times that we're setting boundaries with people, we've already given. Or we're already in a commitment to give and we have to rec recognize the right use of our energy. It's like, you know what? I don't. There's a duality again. I don't want to miss this one hundredth and one thing, this one hundred and one person or this one hundredth and one class. We know Donnie is one of the best yoga teachers in the world. I don't want to miss this one. But then can we give ourselves credit because we did a hundred? We've done a hundred reps. Can we give ourselves credit for that? Is it some self-compassion we could tap into recognizing like, you know what, I am going to miss this one. But who's putting this expectation on me that I have to hit everything 100 percent? You know, you can you can go to the Baseball Hall of Fame batting 300, which is 30 percent, you know, and I mean that that applies to, to all things in life. You can do things at a high rate and not be perfect, you know, and so it's just changing your language to oh I can't do this or something is wrong with me because I'm unable to fulfill it to I've done enough I could I could do more tomorrow that's fine but for today I've done enough great great question Donnie yeah I think it's like a lot of I've heard uh, Sylvester you just talk about it about or maybe you didn't say it exactly but perfection versus intention which I think they're like so completely different energies right because perfection isn't perfect perfe perfection isn't real it's not attainable and if we have any remnants of any type of not enough story which in my experience myself and almost every human on this earth has some form of that then the the chasing perfection never happens which validates the not enough story so like you know i'm thinking about you know darren and reframing where like every route doesn't have to be perfect but his intention or his objective in everything that he's doing it's a completely different energy and i have to imagine like for you writing 10 books that difference of because i you know i can try to create an instagram post and there's that it needs to be perfect come up with the right words and drop a nugget right so how do you navigate through that i guess as a writer and then Darren, I'd love to hear your take on just perfection versus intention on the field in your preparation. Yeah, there's there's a time and place for perfection. I like to compartmentalize it. I like to look at it as a tool. If I'm going to lean into perfection, to me, that just means I'm trying to do something right. And that there oftentimes is a form component of like, doing something right. Donnie, you know this as a yoga teacher. People will be in class and they'll ask you all the time, like, hey, how's my form? How's this? And there's two things that you're you're looking at. It's like, well, the yoga itself is not about achieving a particular form and 
you want to make sure that the person is doing something that is anatomically safe for their experience. And so you're holding that duality of like, okay, I'm, you don't have to look a particular way, but if there's a particular alignment of a foot, an ankle, a dorsiflexion, a bending, or whatever it may be, we can achieve perfection like inside of that that tool. It's like, you know what? That is the perfect warrior two for you. You're balanced. You're pushing through both feet, but it doesn't have to be perfect. It's It's just perfect for that person, if that makes sense. And so there's like this compartmental kind of I can never say that part of it right compartmentalization that we have to do to understand like you know what perfection is a tool like if they they're like okay you know Darren we need you to hit this over route yeah there it like there is a certain amount of depth you have to get to yardage you do have to get there in a certain amount of seconds to be like available for your quarterback if I'm my, my book I'm writing it does need to be per my contract 70,000 words. I can't give them 60 and be like, oh, yeah, it's good enough. No, like there's there is certain expectations with things. And there are times where we can achieve uh, or look for and even expect from ourselves set perfection. But we have to do it. And we have to make sure we're using the right use of our energy to, to make sure that we're not doing it to the detriment of our journey because it's a tool. Right. So it has to be an assistant to our journey. As far as on the field, as far as perfection versus intention, I would say there's a lot of ways where coaches or tradition or whatever may tell you that there's a certain way that something should be done and you need to, you know, adhere to the, this way of running this route to 12, 12 yards and just breaking in. And But I feel like with intention for me that I take into whatever my craft may be on a certain play is – whatever is being asked of me to do, like I'm putting some of my own flavor on it. I'm putting some of who I am into it because Travis Kelsey may run something this way. Um, you know, Daniel Bellinger on, on my team may run it a certain way, but the way that I'm going to run it, the way that I'm going to get open, I'm not placing myself in this box to where as the way somebody tells me to do something is how I have to do it because I feel like that in a way is already like, okay, my goal is to please this person who's handed this down to me as opposed to the relationship I can form with my quarterback, the relationship I can I can form with my body and how I do these things to whereas I don't have to go out there and think. When I'm trying to be perfect, I'm out there thinking. I'm out there measuring. I'm out there worrying about, oh, man, well, if this doesn't go perfect, what is such and such going to think? What is this going to look like on – ESPN or on Instagram reel, somebody making, making fun of me or talking or talking crazy about me. But whereas intention is like, I'm going to do this a certain way because this is what I feel. This is what my intuition is telling me to do. And I can live with the result of me trusting myself at the end of the day. At bed, three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash the shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. Yeah, you didn't get there overnight to get to that place. I know I've talked about this about you, but just the consistency. And for both of you, I mean, I'll, I'll, go, I'll jump back to Sylvester with 
10 books and I think about like the level of discipline and consistency that has to take, um, you know, drumming up a few paragraphs sometimes in a blog for me can be challenging. So I just have so much respect, but I'm curious. So it's been 10 books. What do you think? Like, what's the difference between, I guess, how, have, how have you grown as a writer from book one to book 10? Yeah. Well, I know what I'm doing now. You know, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing at first. I, I know when we're young, we, we have all the confidence, you know, and all the bravado and we think we know what we're doing. Uh, but at least with my profession, it's one of those things that you it's like uh, you actually get better as you get older, as you get feedback, as you get criticism, as you learn and, and practice. Uh, so I actually feel a lot more confident from a few few ways i feel more confident in the ability to be clear in my messages when i'm writing which is extremely important as a writer i feel more confident in my ability to i guess how do i say sound smart but not like so academic that it's not chewable right um and then i'm a lot more confident in my ability to break down um like complex things to make them simple because to me that that's very important uh i like i remember walking into psychology 102 the most you know basic freshman level class and the professor's just hitting me with all this this these phrases and these terms and i'm just like wow this is about to stress me out for the next <laughs> the next semester and i just remember that feeling of of like these new terms feeling overwhelming and I, you know, I knew that I was going to be a teacher at one point in my life. So I wanted to, I wanted to really learn like, okay, how do I take something complex and make it simple? Because that's what we all need. Like, you know, I can go through, I could tell you all these, like, for example, the yoga thing I brought up, I could tell you all these different things from a yoga practice, but the common person doesn't care. They're not trying to do the homework. They want it to be break it, broken down for them so they can go back to their life. So I would say those are some of the things that I had to learn um you know as a writer and then the other thing i would say is learning how to write effectively because you can have an idea and you're like okay i want to write about uh this recipe or i want to write about this concept but then knowing where to start knowing how to make it a story knowing how to put like beginning middle and end to it is actually very very difficult uh and so yeah i would say that now i feel confident whereas before I was I, I feel confident because I have the data and proof of my work, whereas 10 years ago, I was confident because I had a, a image, a visualization of what I can do, but I didn't have the data. In the does writing still give you um, <clears throat> does it set you free? Does it is it feel more of a job sometimes as I'm guessing maybe early on they were maybe open journal entries. So like one of your books is called Free Your Energy. So I'm curious, how has writing maybe from day one up until now, like how does it free your energy? How does it set you free? I'm going to just speak from, from my own journey. Um, the, does it set you free? Does it feel like a job? That's interesting. That I haven't sat with that a lot, but when I think back to when I first started, I was younger. And when I was a younger kid, uh, really my life was very simple. I played football. I played basketball. I watched cartoons. I hung out with my with my friends. And, you know, I was just an artist and an athlete. That's essentially every day was the same. I wasn't making any money from any of those things. That's just what I love to do. And so it's really cool now to be, you know, in my 30s. And I'm still writing. I'm still training like an athlete. Uh and I'm fortunate to say, hey, I, I have a career from from writing my books and doing teachers and those things. So there's like a duality there because, yeah, it it does feel like a job because there's sometimes I don't want to do it, but I don't have a choice. Like You know what? You have to like you signed up for this. This is this is your skill. This is your talent. You signed up for this. So you got to get up and find a way. Uh, but then there are some days where there is that just pure joy. Where it's like, man, I get to write today. You know, it's both. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and just say, oh, yeah, I live the dream every day. I do, but it, there's times I don't want to do it. There's times it's, I'm stressed out. There's time it, it bothers me. Like I said, I have a deadline in 10 days, and it's I, it's been hard for me to drop in the way that I wanted to because I have a kid now. This is something I never experienced, writing a book when you have a kid. It's really easy when you don't because 
you control all your time and all your energy. So much of writing is energetic. And when you have a kid that's like, hey, come play with me. Come do this. Go make me some food. I'm tired. I'm going to throw a tantrum now. Then it's like, okay, now it, this is a whole different beast. So right. I'm still learning it now with being the dad. Mm. As a creator, my uh, myself, somebody that wants to, you know, use my words to impact other people. How do you deal with, like, is there a clash between, um, allowing creativity and words to flow to you and flow through you without forcing while also dealing with a deadline? Like what comes up with that as you deal with the, both of those? I think deadlines are great. Deadlines are great for the psychological benefit that they give us. Um, there's this, um, what is it called? Parkinson's law and Parkinson's law is just this theory that states however much time you have for something, you'll use up the entire time right. right and so we go back to college and they're like they give you the syllabus and the professor's like hey so this paper right here that i'm it's august something and it's due in november is it does anyone do that paper that's due in november in august when you get the syllabus <laughs> no you don't do it you don't you it's due say november 11th you probably start work on that on that paper november 9th and then you Thanks. spend two days, you cram, you get to your study tables, you go to your girlfriend's house, you're up till two, you go to the library, you turn that paper in. So why is that, though? Is it because you're lazy? Is it because you're a procrastinator? Because you had half the year to get ready for it. <laughs> it's just Parkinson's law. It's however much time you're given to do something, you'll find a way. That same paper, if the professor said, hey, this is due uh, October 1st, you probably would start it sooner. And you probably would have it done. Right. So I like to use that with writing. I like to give myself deadlines. Like I like to say, hey, for example, in the example I gave earlier, I say, hey, I'm going to write for 90 minutes. So that that lets me know that writing for 90 minutes, like I'm flowing. I'm dropping in. Whatever happens in the 90 minutes is what happens. My editor or excuse me, my publisher gave me a deadline. Hey, you need to have this book in on this date. So now I know, okay, like I, I'm not taking these other meetings. I'm not taking these other calls. I'm not wasting my time because contractually I have this date that I have to hit. But then there's also, but this is the book writing process. There's also the daily journaling that I do that nobody ever sees. That's just me writing to me. That is all about the free form, flowing, energetic, in the moment. I can go slow. I can go fast. It can be ugly, like I can have typos, I can be completely freeform in there, you know, so there's still that space as well. Mm. You've been talking a lot of yoga since last time we had you on the episode. I don't maybe yoga came up, but you're you're breaking it down a lot more, and I don't think we threw it in your intro that you're also <laughs> a certified yoga teacher now. So how's that journey going? Just what are you learning through just what did you learn through the teacher training process and through the practice? And uh, how yeah. has it changed your life? Because as we know, it's certainly changed mine. Yeah. So really cool for a uh, really cool nugget to drop. I actually took my my yoga certification where Donnie trains and teaches and it has been there. Um, so that was really cool for me to you know, hmm. be with Donnie and, and spend time there and like literally to be where you were at, you know, for a whole month was, was was a vibe, man. It was it was really cool. And my teacher, I feel like my teacher, her name is Gabrielle. She was just the perfect teacher for me. You know, she really just I was the only guy in the class and she just made me so comfortable. You know, she made me so comfortable. And I'm coming from this background of, you know, being an author, being an athlete. So I, I was feeling like uh, a little. Um, what is it called? Uh, imposter syndrome, you know, because I'm in class with like 14 women. They're doing splits and they, you know, they're just doing all this yoga stuff. And I do yoga, but it was just different. And she's like, "Oh no, don't worry. Yoga's for everybody. You deserve to be here." It was such such a like empowering, uh, you know, experience. Um, before I went to there, the reason why I wanted to do a yoga training. Is because I just didn't like paying twenty dollars every class to have someone lead me. Like I wanted to just lead myself. Twenty dollars adds up, you know. You're going to class two or three times a week, so that was like really my own reason. Like I just wanted to deepen, you know, my practice and getting like the education, getting the knowledge, and just you know getting immersed in it was really 
really good for my journey. It brought me a lot of inner peace. Um, and now I don't teach. I actually do not teach. Uh, I did not do the certification with the idea of like becoming a public teacher. It really, truly was for my own journey and my own advancement. And I do yoga every day. Every single day, I do some aspect of yoga, whether it's just some stretching, whether it is meditation, whether it's some type of working on myself or just trying to, you know, make myself the best version of me that I can be. I try to do yoga every day. How would you say yoga has made you a better dad and partner? Oh, patience. Easily patience. I am not a patient person. (laughs) So let me be a little more clear. I'm a patient person if I'm working on something, if I'm creating something, if I'm trying to see like a goal or dream fulfilled. But I don't always have the most patience for other people. I I just don't like when people make bad decisions over and over. I don't like certain low vibrational things. I don't like when people are complaining. And so my, my tolerance for people is not that high. It's not. Right. And so yoga has really taught me that to have compassion for other people, to be forgiving, to be understanding, to be less critical. I grew up in a critical household uh, with my father being in the army. My mother, she was uh, an administrative assistant and my parents had very high expectations of me. And so I grew up in like this critical world. And so I wanted to be the type of parent where I wasn't critical of every single thing that my son does because I know that that can create shame that can create a lot of insecurities I want to have him feeling empowered I want to have him feeling confident in himself you know so for example I won't like hover over him and say well you messed this up or you messed that up sometimes I'll just I'll just sit back and and let things happen now not to just let him be a menace like yeah I I discipline I don't I don't discipline but yeah I I let him know, like, hey, don't break this, <laughs> you know, or don't mess this up, please, you know, but I'm not caught up in, like, trying to micromanage my kid. Like, I want him to experience his childhood without that hovering parent over. You know, yoga taught me that, the uh, patience. It truly did teach me more patience. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. The wait is over. The Shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com/theshy to get a fifty percent discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July fourteenth. Subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. <laughs> You talk about talk about your son and uh, and your family. I remember uh, a, a, a post that you posted one time. You were talking about being mindful of like brushing over like victories and um, and blessings that come into your life, and that some families didn't know how to celebrate properly. Like, how do you go about implementing that into your family now and how, keeping a vision for that going forward? Because I feel like a lot of families fall into that same just that same trap, I guess. Great question. The way the human brain works, we're always looking for something to focus on. So it's so easy to like accomplish something and then instantly turn to, okay, well, what's next? What do I got to do next? It's so easy to, to do that. It's normal. It's a normal thing for us to look for the next thing because we need something, you know, to focus on. But what can happen is like for the school example, you can be 
in school for four years and never celebrate until graduation. You graduate from high school and then you're so happy. You know, your grandmother comes, uh, cousins you never see are there. There's cake. There's this big celebration. And then it's like all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do next? It's like, well, damn, can I celebrate? I just got my (laughs) diploma. Can I honor this? Can I can I cherish this? Can this mean something to me? You guys are talking to me about college and my job and what kids I'm going to have in the future. I'm 18. Let me just enjoy this. Right. And so that's what I think is super important, man, just to just to like enjoy. You know, we can call them small victories, big victories. I'm not here to make anybody's else's life minimized if it's a big victory for you celebrate it if it's small celebrate it why not why not and it's, it doesn't have to be about social media you know it can it can just be here in the home or with your friends go out to a dinner like guys i, I passed the test i got my driver's license i asked that girl out she said no but i'm proud of myself because i tried you know i just feel like making space for celebration just makes it makes life so beautiful man because we're gonna look for the next thing we are all all of us everybody listening already knows when i say what's the next thing you know it you already know what you have to do right so why not put celebration in there right it's and psychologically it's going to give you a better wellness or excuse me it's going to give you more encouragement it's going to give you mental wellness right it's going to give you more of a positive mindset why wouldn't you start to celebrate yourself also allowing yourself to be celebrated because a lot of us will reject it other people will call us but hey man good job or i'm proud of you and then we have this shame so we're like oh no 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 let me reject that like or or let me no i need to do some other things before i can get your celebration and praise that's not true love is love let the love in let the love in the more love in your life the better open yourself up to the vibration of receiving love open yourself up to the vibration of receiving a pat on the back a hug from yourself and from others like hey you did a good job cool i received that right if you're the type of person that maybe you're not open to receiving love just literally say it when it comes to you i received this i am open to receiving this thank you whether it's coming from self or externally Man, we've got to talk about, uh, well, the practice of acknowledgement. I think a lot of this ties into acknowledgement, stopping and taking a moment to acknowledge if you've done good work or stopping and smelling the roses. But I've told this story, your story, about the, the old lady in Sprouts when you were all dressed up in the suit. So maybe you can share that for those that didn't hear your episode one, because I share this all the time and the importance of receiving acknowledgement. Yeah, so my grandmother, she passed in uh, 2012. She was one of my best friends, one of the, the most loving, encouraging people, you know, that I ever met. And I think for any of us who, you know, had that soft spot for, you know, a grandmother who helped raise us and helped be a part of our lives, it's just an energy that you really, you never feel that energy again in your life, like the, the energy of a loving, present grandmother. And so... Uh, I, I was in L.A. I was doing some work. Um, I just flew back to Arizona where I live and I would walk to Sprouts, my grocery store. I would walk there pretty much every day. I would walk there and I had just got off the plane. I go to my go to my house, do my daily walk to Sprouts to get my food for the day. Um, and uh, as I'm going in, this you know old lady is coming out and man, she just. She changed my life because she's like, sir, sir. And again, I already told you guys, I I don't really like people. I'm not super tolerant. I like to just mind my business. You know, I'm historically an introvert. I won't really talk to, mo- to, to most people unless, you know, I have to. That's kind of how I've been. And, you know, I was very reserved at this point in my life. So I'm trying to ignore her. She's like, sir, sir. And I'm like, no, no, I don't hear her. I don't hear her. I'm trying to just walk past her. And then finally she was like, sir. And I, I was like, okay, I can't ignore her at this point. She's like screaming at me essentially. And I was like, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And she's like, I just want to say, you know, that outfit you have on and those boots are amazing. She was really complimenting the boots. And the first thing I tried to do was, oh, well, these are just some boots from Levi's. They're only like 25, 30 bucks. Like I, I'm trying to justify uh, or talk about the love that she was giving me. And she just looked at me and she was like, shut up. I didn't ask you any of that. I'm giving you a, compl- a compliment. Receive it. I'm giving you love. Receive it. I'm giving you acknowledgement. Receive it. 
and there was just this moment where I just felt the rush of my grandmother's energy just take take me over. You know, it's like she had passed at this point. So I'm like, I just felt her energy. I'm like, man. And I just had a smile on my face and I said, OK, thank you. You know, and since that day, I have I have never done that. If someone's like, hey, you I like you. I'm like, hey, thanks. Yeah, you did something good for me. OK, thanks. I appreciate that. I received that. I acknowledge it now. Whereas previously I was taught to be humble, to reject it, to push it aside. To play it off, to be nonchalant, to act like, oh, it's no big deal. This is what I do. Now I receive it. And I, I say those words. No, I receive this. Thank you. I'm open to this. Thank you. And I do it when it's simple things now. Simple things. People will text me and I'll say, hey, thank you. For, I'll say thank you for this genuinely. And I feel like what this does for us is it puts us in an emotion of gratitude. Right. One of the most studied emotions that we experience is gratitude. And choosing that grateful reaction stopping and just saying i received this <sighs> 10x your life right there well the, the practice of acknowledgement it, it like feeds both parties because it feels good to acknowledge somebody else so the person doing the acknowledging is is filled up but then also the person that's receiving it so it's it's a practice that i don't think us as humans are very good at especially um, acknowledging ourselves for the good work, taking a step back and, you know, stopping and smelling the roses, but also just acknowledging other people, simply just starting a conversation out and saying, I want to acknowledge you for the amazing friend you've been. It just, you know, I think we as humans could get better at that. And ultimately, like, you know, I know for me, receiving compliments can be tricky and it's all rooted in like childhood stuff and wanting to dim my light. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, they, what do they say? It's not love unless you give it away, but the only way that you can really have a full cup is you have to receive, you have to be able to receive certain things and receive compliments. And then ultimately as your cup is full, everybody else gets the overflow. So it's, it's, uh, it's a powerful practice, man. But that story, I share it with all my coaching clients. I, if there's boundaries issues, I do a session on boundaries with my coaching clients, but if there's some 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 shit there, like I'm, I push them to your course, you know, so it's just so cool to, to have you on here and really feel like I'm being coached in many aspects with some of the questions that I'm asking. So it's just cool to, to have you on the show for round two, to have you in my life and consider you a friend and to be out here in San Diego with you. And uh, it was it's been some special moments, man. So thank you. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir, man. I want I want to say thank you as well. Um, you know, for both the times you come on the show, uh, for the time that I've been able to sit down with you face to face. Uh, you know, I just for all that you've overcome the the energy and everything that you put out into the world. Uh, it's impacted me. It's impacting a lot of people, and it's impacting people that are listening right now. And uh, just grateful for another opportunity to get to sit with you, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Appreciate you all joining us for another episode of Comeback Stories. Check us out wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on the Inflection Network on YouTube as well. Um, love you all, and we'll see you all next week. Comeback Stories is a production of Inflection Network and iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, 
and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.